That's right. It's 10 o'clock Monday night here on the south side of Chicago. It's time for Heavy Metal Talk Radio. I'm Neil Wanow. This is the uncensored, internet-only, all-talk edition of Metal Mouth. As always, on the East Coast, my co-host, Japan, Nick. Nick, how are you tonight? Unmuted. Doing great. Excited for uh, the interview right now. Yeah, we got our guest on hold. Do you want to just jump right into it? Yeah, sure. Patch him in. All right. And uh, our guest tonight, from the south side of Chicago, we have Diamond Plate. How you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, man. What's uh, up? How's it going? Uh, how you doing good? Hey, why don't you uh, take a second or two here, just introduce yourselves and, and what That's you do in the band. We, uh, uh, Conrad, guitars. Jim, drums, Matt, bass, guitar, and vocals. All right, that's all of you then. Yeah, yeah, man, power trio. All right. And we'll take your calls, too, 347-215-7500 if you want to call in to talk to Diamond Plate. Till then, I'm sure Nick has some questions for you. Well, starting off, Conrad and Jim, you have Matt Aris singing for you now. Where did you make his acquaintance? And how long did it take you and Jim to decide that he should be your singer? Um, well, we had met him actually through uh, our old uh, touring guitar player, Mario. And uh, we just we drove down to Florida, got in the same room uh, with Matt. Um, you know, just, I don't know, just chemistry right off the bat. I think, I think we all knew right away that he was the guy. Yeah, as soon as he started improvising vocals over uh, a song that he had just, like, learned as we were playing the song. Like, we we just knew he was the perfect fit. It was yeah. amazing. He, just, he stepped up to the mic. He had more balls than anyone we've ever jammed with. And, uh, yeah, it was magic, you know? It was cool. Good, good, good. Neil, you want to uh, add anything on that? No, I, you know, I saw him for the first time with Matt when... Uh, Played the fallout, I believe that was in March early this year. And it was, yeah, it was just like you said. I mean, as, as soon as he took the stage, I don't even think Matt had started singing yet. You knew he just fit right in with it. He just, he looked like he'd been there forever. Yeah, man. You know, we, uh, I think, I think that was a, yeah, just a killer show. Uh, just to get the Chicago crowd in, in, introduced to Matt for the first time and, just get to know him as a as a person, and you know, we all love him. <laughs> so, right, and, cool. uh, we're glad Maybe. we're glad that he's here. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get to meet you this Friday, then, Matt. Oh uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Oh yeah. All right. Matt, what bands have you been acquainted with in the past, and can you speak about the musical styles of them? You mean as far as like just listening to bands, like what I grew up on, that type of thing? Well, like um, music you listened to growing up, and also previous bands you've been uh, involved with besides oh. Diamond Plate. Okay, uh, Diamond Plate has to be like the first real professional band that I've played with uh, for at least the past, excluding this past year, at least the past like two years. I was in and out of like local bands and uh, the Miami bar scene. To be honest, I played from 
I was in a blues rock band once, you know, for a good couple months. I played in a jazz band for a little while. You know, I just want to play, you know what I mean? Like, that's all it comes down to. So, as long as I got to less, less of a singer, mostly just playing bass, but, but yeah, anything, man. As long as, you know, electric energy, you know, freedom, creatively speaking, anyway. But, uh, yeah, mostly blues-oriented music, improv- improvisationally speaking, like that type of thing, you know? I see. Now, dudes, you recorded this album with three members. Can you explain your approach for songwriting for this new album? Um, Get a room and jam. Yeah, yeah, just just play what we feel. Uh, and I say, yeah, like even more so in the past, like now, now with Matt in the band, like what the three of us have, like chemistry-wise, the songs came out uh, just in the most natural way possible, and just what felt right to us is what you hear on the record. Yeah, every member has something to say, and uh, we each have a, our own instruments to say it with. And uh, together, it just it just really works, like with our personalities and everything. Uh, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, we're all we're all super super happy and super stoked just to just to grow, you know, from from here. Uh, we're obviously super young and we have a lot to learn and discover about ourselves and about music in general. And, uh, we just feel that, yeah, just what the three of us have is... Neil, you want to, um, what have you seen with their approach nowadays? The new music is definitely taking on a little different, uh, different approach. It's, uh, it's a little darker, I think. Darker, yeah. I, I agree with that. I can is that uh, what do you is say? something that's planned, or does it just kind of happen that way? Uh, uh, re- repeat uh, that if you could, man. It's kind of breaking up. I said the the, um, the style, the change in the style of music, was that something that was planned, or did it just kind of happen? just happened, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's the thing with us, though. Like, we never, like, one day decided that we wanted to sound like the way that we sound, we just sound the way we sound because we're us. And the first album was out because we were young kids playing, you know, like fast music, and we had a bunch of energy. Now it's, you know, we're a couple years older, and it happens in life that, like, sometimes you don't like very much, and there's a different way to express that. And we found that, and we're really happy with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're we're happy that that people just aren't digging the record and. Uh, the thing that's been kind of reoccurring is that it's just it's different, you know. Uh, not only different from stuff that we've done in, in the past, but just different in general as far as you know, blending together together different influences and genres uh, in a way that I, I guess you know some people find unique. Uh, but we never we don't think of it that way, you know what I mean? Like we never set out to be oh let's be different and let's be oh you know such and such. Uh, we just we want to be ourselves and we want to have fun and we love playing uh, the music that we play and as long as we're happy at the end of the day that's all that matters to us. Yeah, like I said before, most of the stuff was written in the jam setting, so like it's not like we had any like preconceived ideas most of the time at least. Like if we got in the room and what happened happened and what stuck stuck. Nice. It is what it is. Yeah. I see now. You made a brilliant cover of Napalm Death's You Suffer on this album. What did you guys <laughs> say to yourselves before you went in to record this track? 
uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just uh, it seemed fitting. We're on Eric, and uh, yeah, they were in Eric band at one point. I mean, it is no, a rather no, difficult no. song, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was cool, just yeah, just getting literally what six seconds, um, but we we put it was just like an exercise in putting all the energy you can into literally one, you know, one chord, one noise, pretty much. So uh, I guess we, you know, just went into the mindset of just like power, you know, of like, let's just make the most noise we can in six seconds and just get into the essence of what the song originally was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many takes did it take you guys to uh, record that track? One. <laughs> yeah, a little more. <laughs> like, that's it. That was the first one. You guys up for taking a phone call? Yeah, man. Sure. We got somebody on hold here. Caller, you're on the air. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Tina. I'm calling from Rockford, Illinois. Cool. You want to talk to Dynaplate? I'm a big fan of Dynaplate, and I was calling to find out. They're talking about some of their inspirations. I was calling to find out what it was that took them from probably as children being interested in music to actually becoming musicians? What crossed them over? What motivated them to do that? Um, I guess it's, for me, it, it's just been, I, I grew up, uh, my dad had like, you know, and still still has a, a huge record collection of, uh, yeah, just, just heavy metal and, and rock and roll. And I was brought up on that. So it's just been a part of my life ever since I, I can remember. Uh, it just music speaks to me, and um, I speak through it, you know, and it makes me happier than any other thing in the world. So it makes the most sense for me to just keep doing this. Uh, then why why uh, guitar or why drums? Uh, it just it just kind of happened. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this really just kind of happened. Yeah, I don't know. planets align, I guess. What about you, man? <laughs> uh, when I was younger. You know, I'd seen some kids get together, random kids, you know, friends, obviously, but got together and just, you know, played one day at a at a local school and um, not for, you know, not for nothing, just to have fun. They just sat down. They didn't know any songs. They didn't do anything like out of the ordinary. They were just kids playing music and it, they were having the time of their lives. And uh, it was crazy. Like I was just from a distance. It was like it really appealed to me. It was. It was very, very interesting to me. And then everyone played guitar, so I figured, okay, I'll, I'll play bass. I'll get into a band that way. Everyone wants to play guitar. No one needs enough guitar players to play bass, and it's worked out so far, you know. <laughs> and you just naturally uh, came along with the ability to sing that was just a gift, or did you have to work at that? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I've always been a little self-conscious about my singing voice. And uh, I never took it too seriously back in the day. And then when it came down to like, okay, you're going to be the singer in this band, I I really just kind of... I'd never like warmed up before anything. As far as like my pipes are concerned, like I've never warmed up before a show or uh, demo record, nothing like that. And then when it came down to this, you know, I it definitely... So it kind of... You know, recently it's really taken form more than it has ever in the past. All right, thanks for calling in, Tina. 
What's up? Nick, you still got more questions? Yeah, yeah. Um, can you explain what went into your cover of Whiplash's Power Thrashing Death? Um, I just, you know, I mean, Power and Pain and just Whiplash in general is probably one of the most underrated bands uh, in thrash metal. And we just wanted a, a cool cover that kind of sum up the aspect of live energy, which is what that song is about, and just make it our own. And basically what we did was we listened to the song and we were like, all right, well, how can, how would we have written this song if we had the riffs that they had yeah. back in the day? So we just kind of like arranged it uh, how, we would, how we would have. And there you go. That's, that was pretty much the process. It took about 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, what can you say about the recording of Oi? Oi. Oi. I think, yeah, we literally wrote that, like, in the studio. Yeah, we like, had. We had uh, Jim, like, killed it on drums. Uh, would it take, like, a day and a half or two to record drum tracks? The entire album, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and we had, like, a few hours left over uh, in the studio. Well, no, actually, no. We had, like, a half a day left over. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, all right, what are we going to do? So let's write a song real quick. <laughs> yeah. And we wrote that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just fun. <laughs> punk. We've, we've all been kind of more into punk uh, music and you know old, old school kind of hardcore and yeah their the ideal ideals and like the energy behind it um, yeah it was just fun spur of the moment kind of and then vocally we just got Matt really drunk and he wanted out a bunch of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think the lyrics for that one were written in the day too no yeah the lyrics were pretty much improvised time like, to go oh okay let's write some lyrics and then oh, oh, oh. yeah yeah so yeah I don't know just spontaneous fun people shouldn't take it too seriously can you throw out some of the lines from that song? Uh, this morning I had money, but now me wallet's empty. My wife just left me. Poetry, man. Poetry. <laughs> Your song, Dance With Reality, one of the lyrics is one step forward, two steps back. Is this a reference to something? Uh, well, I would say every word every lyric is a reference to something but uh you wouldn't want to give that away uh I, I, you know personally for me like my, my favorite thing about music is the fact that i i don't know uh what an artist is singing about or you know trying to trying to say in a song it's up to the listener to interpret that and yeah to me that's like the most magical and coolest part of music so um bottom line it comes down to experience like that's it's all we're 100% behind every line and every word you know that was put down on that record and uh, so it definitely means something to us the idea is what does it mean to you what does it mean to the listener it'll mean something to somebody somewhere hopefully I see Neil do you have any questions on any of the songs on the album uh, no. No, actually, you're doing a good job, Nick. Yeah, okay, yeah, now, keep it up, man. Keep it up. <laughs> there are a lot of different songs on your new album, Pulse. Is there a central theme running throughout your album? I guess life and death. Uh, not, not exactly, man. It's, I, I wouldn't want to call it like a concept album because that just sounds nerdy and wrong. And it's not. It, it really doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, like musically, uh, there's definitely 
you know, themes as far as just like we, we wanted the album to flow together from front to back. Um, there's definitely no, you know, lyrical concepts or anything like that. Uh, at least not that we can say. And it definitely has <laughs> There you go. <laughs> what is it like picking out the track listings for your album? Uh, just a lot of intense work and listening. Uh, and just making all the different puzzle pieces fit together in a way that makes a pretty badass picture, you know. Um, so it's just a lot of work, you know, from from the beginning of the whole process. Uh, the end result is that final track listing. And the more you listen to the, the stuff, too, it's harder to, like, really, like, have, like, a... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's hard to make the final decision because you've heard so many times you kind of, like, forget what it sounds like. Like the first couple of minutes, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's not an easy thing, but uh, one. I mean, I think once we did nail the final track listing, we all we all knew it was probably oh, yeah. the right thing. You know, if we just again, it, it went back to from the beginning. We just we did what we felt was right, and we did that you know all the way through uh, until the record was done. So track listing is no exception. Did you go through a bunch of different like? transitions like with intros and outros from like track one to track two and track two to three and things like that yeah, yeah. the intro you're hearing on the opener is uh, actually nothing like the original as far as like what was written that was when I met yeah no I mean we we spent like I, like I said going, going back to the track listing thing we, we spent a lot of time uh Putting all the puzzle pieces together and, and making making it flow, um, so that way the listener has uh, an experience when he you know when he or she listens to, to the album in its entirety, as opposed to oh that's a good song and that's a cool song. It's like uh, the album as a whole is our statement, uh, and no no one song sums up the band. It's just the album as a whole is the, the statement itself. This Friday, you're having an underground show at the Fallout. Typically, for a band at your level, how often do you get to be able to perform shows like this? Uh, like headliners, you mean, or actual underground DIY we're doing? Underground DIY stuff. Um, not, not too often. <laughs> we normally play Reggie's and, like, bigger venues in Chicago, uh, but... You know, for this album being kind of like a new beginning for us, uh, we decided to, you know, to go back to like a, a style of place, venue, like how we played, you know, when we were kids starting out. And, uh, but we don't, we really don't get to do this often not at all. Like, basically, this is the first time we've done this. Uh, but yeah, we just feel it's the right thing to do to do if you're in Chicago just the loudest, rowdiest show uh, we can and, and also be able to play with you know some of our favorite local bands, uh, Smash Potatoes, Savagery, Testimony, and Blind Martyr, uh, all of the great guys, killer music, so uh, it's just our, our way of kind of, I don't know, just showing the Chicago scene that we're never going to forget where we come from. How, how hard was it to nail it down to the openers? Oh, yeah, because I mean, there's there's so many really really good 
local bands. You know what I mean? It's like. Oh yeah, you could have had them playing all weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We could have made, <laughs> made a two day festival. <laughs> and you know, I wish I wish we could. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're limited by you know the the venue and just the it needs to be you know time limit of so many hours of, of playing time. It's in the city yeah. of Chicago, so. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to do this a lot more often and, and, and just change up the lineup each time and, and give other bands the opportunity to rage and, and show Chicago what they're made of. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, the, the bands that are on the, on the bill now, we just, we've known for the longest time. Uh, so we went with them and, uh, yeah, until next time we'll, we'll definitely change it up. You're going on tour with Death Angel, Three Inches of Blood, Revocation, and Battlecross from October 20th to November 10th. What type of things are you going to be doing for your shows this time around that is different from when you were on tour with Overkill last year? Uh, well, that's going to be there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely, you know, essentially a, a, a different band now, and that's that's I think what people are really gonna uh, pick up on is just how you know excited we are. It's just uh, I don't know. It's Matt's been a breath of fresh air for us so far, and I know on tour it's gonna be that that same kind of vibe. One thing that we we never did ever uh, on stage was improvise or do any type of jamming, and that's like all we do now. So. Uh, yeah, you guys can expect that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely something I'm looking forward to the most. I think we have some, uh, like, our goal is to do, like, a different jam every night, uh, you know, specific to each city. And so uh, that'll be fun. Can't wait. How uh, how have you been going over in the different cities? I mean, you know, they maybe haven't had a chance to see you. Uh, can you repeat that, man? Uh, can't break it up. The crowd response in the different cities where they maybe haven't had a chance to see you before, how is it? How how are they? Uh, are they pretty accepting of you? Oh, definitely. yeah, 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 absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, cool. cool. There's, there's certain cities, uh, just, you know, we're, I would I don't want to say better than others, but you know, there's definitely you know. It depends like, on the night. It depends on the night. Depends on the but, uh, I've never been through, like, negativity. Yet. No, no, never. I mean, everything's always positive. But, yeah. We've always had, like, really cool. good luck in, like, California, New York, Texas, Texas and Seattle's actually one, like, real notable city that we've always loved. Salt Lake City was awesome. Yeah, Salt Lake City was there. Uh, so, yeah, it's different from, from sort of tour and night to night, but... Uh, yeah, it's, we all we always just we go out there and we play our asses off, and that's what people can always expect from us. What type of advice do you have for underground musicians on obtaining proper distribution and promotion of their music? Uh, just yeah, just keep at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're if you're passionate, uh, if you if you work hard, you 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 set yourself, you know, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life and you're, you're not going to fail. It all, it all comes down to willpower and, and discipline. And, uh, I mean, I guess from the, from the business side, it's a little bit harder to, to talk, I mean, to talk about because we're not really into the business side of 
side of things. We just kind of talk from the experience of playing and music side of things. And, uh, our philosophy has always been that if you write the songs and, and, and you create the music and you work at your instrument and your art, um, things will happen. You know what I mean? Uh, music, music always comes first for us. Business is just bullshit. So, yeah, the music, take care of the music and the rest will take care of itself. How prevalent have you noticed the pay-for-play model on major tours and festivals in national and worldwide concerts? Premier days on the road. Uh, it's still, it still definitely exists. We we never done it and never will. Uh, I don't I don't you know. Uh, we know certain bands that obviously we can't name right now that that do you know pay to play on on certain tours, but. Uh, it's not something that's really relevant for us because we've never had, you know, trouble finding tours. And yeah, sure, we might not be making a lot of money, but we've never lost money to pay for a tour. So, uh, but it definitely, it's definitely, you know, uh, still exists. Unfortunately, well, I, I wouldn't say unfortunately. Every band's got to do what they do, but um, you know, that it's definitely out there. We've just never been a, a part of that. Neil, you have anything to comment on that? No, I don't know. I think I agree with the play. I mean, it's just to me, it just seems like it, it only benefits the promoter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the, the fans, or the only one that's doing good out of it is the promoter. He doesn't really care. Yeah, you know? so, like I said, we can't really comment too much on it because we've, we've never been. Never been a part of that. Never, never plan on it. Uh, you know, we'll be on our second touring cycle now, so we're slowly, you know, getting getting up there. Uh, yeah, and doing doing it the right way, and it might be the harder way, but it, it's mm-hmm. still one that's going to pay off in the long run, and uh, that's how we'll, we'll always approach it. Yeah. Services like iTunes and Spotify are some of the leading forms of digital distribution of music. What is your band scene as well as what have you heard from contemporaries of yours about handling digital distribution of your music? Uh, lots of industries kind of split with that. You know, so it seems that people that are just all for digital and want, you know, CDs and vinyl to die because uh, they hmm think it's inconvenient and all that, but then you have, you know, the flip side where people are, you know, completely into vinyl and, and the nostalgia of that, uh, and we're definitely part of part of that, uh, you know, we, we never really, uh, I don't really get the whole digital thing, I, I like physical copies, uh, especially vinyl and all that. Mm-hmm. Lots of people hear the music, man. That's all it comes down to. It doesn't matter digital, vinyl, anything. If you like collecting things, then that's fine. It's good to have something physical. It's good to have a CD. If it means something to you, especially. But as long as you're listening to the music, man, you want to get it for free, get it for free. Just use your ears. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we, we've always been, yeah, you know, uh, going back to, yeah, exactly that. We want people to hear the music. Um uh, we're not making any anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a position to say that, I suppose. But steal it, yeah. steal everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, uh, Any news on... Wait, you finish your sentence. I'm sorry. No, we're good. Go ahead, man. Okay. Any news on possible cassette or vinyl releases of Pulse? Uh, I don't know about cassette. Yeah, but hey, we're we're down. Uh, we're definitely. Uh, all it'll come down to is just working our asses off on the road and selling a bunch of CDs, and once the CDs sell enough, then the then the label will print vinyl. Uh, and if they don't, then we'll print it ourselves and and get it out there because the whole track listing and the, the whole uh, way the album was written and structured, you know, it was it was meant for vinyl, you know, side A and side B and the flow of the songs like that. It was written for vinyl specifically. What kind of misconceptions do you see young artists have about becoming professional musicians? They don't, have, you know, they don't have to practice to get there. Like, they don't have to put in work. Rockstar lifestyle. Yeah, that's not true. It's going to land on your lap. Yeah. Just the illusion of, yeah, just the whole rock. Yeah, that's not, that's not what it's about, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not what it's about at all. Uh, it's a, it involves a lot of hard work, and I don't think people really realize that. That you literally do have to live and breathe this 24/7 to to make any kind of wave, you know. Um, and I think I think too now with the young generation and you know the Facebook generation and the social media generation, you know any anyone can start a band and record in their basement for the price of Pro Tools, and everyone can be up on Facebook and make professional-looking you know, web pages and YouTube videos and yeah, yeah, and, and people don't, people lose sight of the fact that it's music, you know, that it's the music industry and they focus on the industry part rather than the thing that made every band back in the day start and that was spamming and having fun with your friends. In fact, that advice we gave was play the music and the rest will come. Awesome, thanks. Like Neil, what do you have to say about that? Well, I'm just wondering what's uh, what's next for the band. I mean, they're going to do the tour of Death Angel. Do you have anything else going on for later in the year you can talk about? Um, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely be on tour, man. Like, not nonstop. That's that's the plan. Uh, the new record's out, and we're here to spread pulse as, as far as we can. And uh, hopefully once we're done with the States, we'll, we'll be heading to Europe and just parts of the world that we've never been in before, you know? Uh, we want to see it all and, and, and spread the music in any way we can. So. Oh, important, right. guys. Tell me what kind of merch you got on this Death Angel tour coming up. Uh, we'll we'll be putting some new T-shirt designs. Uh, we'll be doing, like, full-size posters of the album art because uh, the album art's definitely a lot better this time around. So people actually want to put it up on their walls, and um, I don't know. We'll we'll think of some cool. Uh, again, it comes down to yeah, we we want to actually give fans something of value uh, as opposed to just oh, let's see what we can design to take people's money, you know. But uh, first and foremost, we want to we want to give people something of value and uh, the music first and foremost too, you know. 
Alright. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a fun time having you guys on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, man. We had a blast. Thank you. Alright. Much appreciated, guys. Friday. Oh, yeah, dude. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. Alright, why don't you uh, let's give out the website let, let everybody know where they can get the new album at. Um, yeah, just, just hit us up on Facebook. If not, uh, I think Century Media, like the CM Distro, We'll have it or anywhere online, dude. Amazon, Best Buy. Uh, but that being said, we, we definitely appreciate it. People just got it directly from us at a show. Uh, that way the money okay. goes directly okay. into our pockets and not distributor or anything like that. So um, just kind of right. come see a show and just, just buy local, buy direct. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you guys on Friday night. Cheers, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, all right, thanks. All right, Nick. So that was definitely a fun time talking with Diamond Plate. Got some really good information out, too. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing them this Friday. They're always a uh, good time to see live. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to wait till about October 29th for their New York City show. So it'll be a little right. while for me. Well, it's definitely going to be worth the wait, Nick. Awesome. All right, well, you have a good one. And until next time, keep it metal. Peace.